Market Research Podcast Award is back, and it's time to nominate your favorite Kick-Ass Insights podcast for a chance to win the coveted title of MR Podcast of the Year. Nominations are now open, and they'll stay open through June 30th. Voting will then start July 1st and go through August 12th. Nominate your absolute favorite podcast of the insights industry at littlebirdmarketing.com slash mr-podcast-award. The winner will be announced this September at Greenbook's IIEX Behavior. Will your favorite insights podcast make the cut? Welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm Priscilla McKinney, Mama Bird and CEO here at Little Bird Marketing. And you are listening to Flight Patterns with Fieldwork. This is a Ponderings from the Perch mini-series. In these episodes, you're going to hear from a few core leaders at Fieldwork, and they are all experts in qualitative research recruitment and supporting services. This is near and dear my heart because I have seen this company rise to the occasion and actually support the industry as a whole. So for me, it was very important to get a chance to highlight some of the ways that they came around the industry at a difficult time. It's a really important story to tell. So with me today is Erin O'Donnell. Welcome to Ponderings from the Perch. Thank you so much for having me here. How special to be on this podcast as a avid podcast listener. It's always fun and a little intimidating to be on here, <laughs> but it's, you know, you make it so easy. So it's it's a real treat to be here. Well, you and I are podcast swappers, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> we really are. I'm always waiting for the latest and greatest, and I feel like I can never catch up on on all of them. There's so many great ones, both um, MR industry ones and outside the industry. Yes, we really could digress because you and I really (laughs) swap a lot of good stories. Um, And that's so funny because we obviously, you know, are both outside of the market research industry looking in in some ways because your support services and so am I. But we love the storytelling and podcasting has always been something that we've connected on a lot. But if you have not met Erin O'Donnell, first of all, if you've walked into any market research uh, conference, I'd be really surprised that you have not met Erin O'Donnell uh, because she is just affable and always the first person to extend a hand. But she is the vice president of corporate services at Fieldwork. She's based out of their Chicago office, but um, maybe you know, maybe you don't. They have offices all over the U.S. and then also global recruiting and project management services. But she works every day to match. I, I guess I'd call you a matchmaker. You're matchmaking. This is the problem we have. What is the actual service we need? I do joke around a lot calling field work a lot of times the concierge service to the market research world because, you know, you're at a very great hotel and you have a very weird problem. And then you say, in my opinion, Erin, can you solve that for me? (laughs) So she's going to talk a little bit about her team and how they do that. But she truly is dedicated to cultivating and nurturing relationships with her clients. And I see her do that also out in the industry. So this is going to be a super fun romp. But if you also did not know uh, Erin personally, you really should, first of all, follow her on LinkedIn. But you did something really fun um, a couple of years ago. You did a virtual yoga cool down. It was really, (laughs) in fact, you know what, speaking of podcasts, I remember that day I was wearing Matt Valley's 
uh, rock and roll research podcast t-shirt when you were teaching our yoga class virtually. So that was super fun. Yeah. So I got my yoga teacher certification March of 2020. So it was a, a event that was meant to be in person. Uh, it was drastically changed with all of that, as I know everybody's lives were. And it's such a gift I love sharing. I hear so often people saying, you know, I wish I did more yoga. I wish I did more of this. So to be able to think in the support service um, world, to be able to support people on whatever point they are in the journey, I just love being part of it. Well, it was really fun because we were also on with a lot of other people across the U.S. And it was connecting. It, it was so cool. And that's what we're going to talk about today because... Fieldwork is in the business of customer service, but I have asked a couple of your leaders to come on and do this mini-series because of the way I saw you respond to this industry. And so I wanted to give you a chance to talk a little bit about how you go about problem solving, how you go about finding these right people, and you know, also a little bit maybe to debunk some myths about field work too, because some people may be just in CPG and know that, you know, you do focus groups for them, but actually you serve such a broad range of industries. So let's start there. And then I'm going to kind of give people a few of the talking points we are going to get to. It'll give you a little heads up, Aaron. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm going to give you my questions. <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. But start with that about what industries are you serving that maybe people don't know about? So we are, um, I mean, many of you in the insights world probably know us for our focus groups. And we do, I think, as many different companies um, struggle with the did you know. So you think about, you know, your experience getting to this podcast here. Did you go through a certain app? What was that experience like? Fieldwork supports researchers who are working through those UX experiences. For those of you that may have a fitness tracker on your wrist right now, like we both do, um, reminding me to stand, we help find the participants to support that research. Um, for those, you know, think about those high-profile um, um, legal cases. There are There's so much that happens behind the scenes, one element being jury selection, and our teams are there to help support mock juries um, so that they can find, um, I guess, the pieces that help create the right outcome for them. Um, you know, you think about these past two years, for example, and how much everything changed and how much research needed to be redone or done to get us to where we are from developing tests to changing experiences from being um, in person to online. There's all sorts of research that goes on behind the scenes. So I think oftentimes people hear, you know, qualitative research or field work and they think focus groups. And, um, you know, you'll also realize there's a lot of names for focus groups. Mm. So we do more than that. It's really matching the, the participant, the respondent, the user, whatever the name is, with our clients for them to be able to do research to produce the best product they can. Well, you don't have to be in market research to understand how important that is. I'm thinking of a um, in the news, like very, very high profile situation, even when a vaccine was being created for COVID, where all of the research got thrown into the trash because the recruiting was wrong. So forget like, you know, just, you know, you and I both, we don't do research, right? We just support the industry. But if the right humans are not recruited to the study and the study still goes on, it can very much be all for naught. And in, in this case, it was not only a loss of money, but a loss of a delay in a public service. I mean, it was a pretty big issue. So I think just those stories and how much things have changed, like you said, for brands really highlights how important it is to get the right people 
in the right place at the right time to look at the right product or the right service or the right experience. Let's take a short break. Searching for a research partner to handle the details of your next qualitative project? When we say fieldwork can handle it all, we mean it. From world-class facilities to low-incidence recruitment, their team of experts handles the details so you can stay focused on the research. Say goodbye to traditional focus group rooms and recruitment tactics. As market research has grown from the standard focus group to incorporate other innovative methodologies and technologies, fieldwork has expanded along with it. With facilities nationwide and sophisticated global recruitment services, their detail-oriented staff partners with you to achieve great insights. Focus on the research. Fieldwork will do the rest. Let's talk a little bit about that. Today, I, I've kind of got a couple of questions for you. We are going to talk a little about uh, more deeply about some of these industries that Fieldwork supports. I also want to talk a little bit with you about what shifted during this time. You know, it was really difficult during the pandemic for qualitative services. So I want to hear a little bit of Fieldwork story. I know a lot about it because you guys are very vocal on LinkedIn, and it was very obvious how much you were reaching out into the industry, supporting other companies and even competitors, doing everything you could to keep the industry in good shape. But now we're heading into an interesting economic situation and maybe inflation and, you know, it's business. So what's on the horizon after that? Recession, who knows? You know, it's always ups and downs. And so I'd like to hear a little bit of fieldwork story about what shifted and what was being accelerated. And the last thing I really want to hone in with you about, Aaron, is the actual special sauce, I'd guess I'd say, about fieldwork because your people are so long-tenured and you all really take this massive ownership about every project. And I do think it is unique. I'm one of those people as a cultural anthropologist that looks at other companies and says, you know, I really believe your culture is your brand and it just leaks out of you guys. So I want to hear a little bit really from your own words about that. So let's start a little bit with that idea of the flexibility, the adaptability. You hinted at it. You know, let's unpack that a little bit where you said, look, we're just focused on our clients. So tell me about how you guys shifted and what you adapted in the recent years to really make the needed changes. Absolutely. So I think a theme we'll come back to many times in this conversation and, and comes up often is our people. And you know, we really couldn't do what we've done, especially in these last two years that did demand huge changes both um, to meet our clients' needs and then internally when it came to operations. But it's our people. And you know, at Fieldwork, we really view change as inevitable. It's going to happen. We are preparing for the next thing. We're not waiting for something to change and then responding to it. We're more you know, going down a rapid, uh, expecting where the next wave or rock is going to be. And I think the reason we're able to do that is because we come together regularly as a group, is we're constantly talking, constantly sharing best practices, constantly reporting back about what's going on in in the field. Um, these last two years were a period where things were changing, not just by the day, but by the hour at some points. And so to have avenues built out to collaborate is huge, and not just internally, um, but you know, to use a term that that I love and I know you love is collaboration is the new competition. 
we, you know, reached out to um, external colleagues to collaborate to support the change that was happening at, happening at such a rapid pace. And I, I had mentioned this before, you know, our clients' needs were changing. Uh, they weren't able to do in-person research but research still needed to be done. And so we needed to find a way to support them. Lucky for field work is we have been supporting clients execute online research for the last 11 years, which I think is a did you know for many people. Right, um, right. And so I, we were successful in that because clients did trust us. So they may have trusted us previously with their in-person research that wasn't an option anymore. But coming to someone to say, I just need, I have a problem. Can you help me solve it? It's really that partnership with our people. Our people are dedicated. They're trustworthy. They um, really execute incredible work, especially in the impossible. And I think March of 2020 really presented an impossible situation for so many people. Um, not only was the the physical venue in which research was taking place needed to be adjusted, but also the people we were finding, and this is beyond, you know, the last two years, but as our clients' needs expand and who they're looking for expands, we touched a little on industry. And I think something that I've loved seeing come out of the insights world is how we're recruiting in an inclusive way. And so it's no longer friends and family recruitment. It's making sure we have a representative sample um, in all the different areas to make sure that our products and devices are accessible to everybody who's not just using them now, but who might use them. And so to get the request to find respondents that our clients may not have been requesting previously has continued to grow. So for us, adapting to that need, expanding our recruiting capabilities, when you know, I when clients come to us now and ask, what's the size of your panel or who can you recruit? We're utilizing social media now in in a way we've never utilized when it comes to recruiting. So my response is really, you know, our panel's millions of people. It's all the Facebook users. It's all the Instagram users. It's all the LinkedIn users that we're able to thoughtfully um, tap into with a real strategy to streamline the process and find our clients who they're looking for. You know, that is really unusual because I typically find in this industry looking from outside in is that people either own their own database or they, you know, they uh, source it from some kind of an aggregator. You guys own your own very sophisticated, very upkept database, and it, it, you know, it has a lot of history. But you also then constantly augment it with new, fresh people. And I think that's an interesting, maybe even another did you know, because obviously you get that question all the time. Tell me about the people you have. It's like, well, it's not really about who we have. It's about who you need. And, you know, I hear you saying that. It's like, well, it's really more of a question for the client. And it was interesting. I want to unpack what you just said, too, is that you're saying it isn't even always about what the client's asking for. It's about providing something the client maybe didn't even know yet that they needed. So they didn't specify they needed the recruiting process to be inclusive and representative, but yet your expertise is helping them see that. And, you know, I, I hate to go down this rabbit hole in some ways, but it is my podcast, so I'm going to. <laughs> but it's like a lot of times I come to clients and we're, you know, filming a commercial and I'll say something like, oh, that's so great. I can get, you know, a, a kid with special needs for that. And they just kind of look at me and, Thank God, most of them are like, oh my gosh, that's a great idea. Like, we hadn't even thought of it. 
But I do feel like as experts and professionals, we're here to also anticipate a need and to always do them one better, you know? And so I don't think we've ever even talked about that, about that inclusivity aspect of what you're trying to do, you know, with research. But as a support service, that's just one more way I think we're all trying to just elevate the conversation. So I absolutely love that. Well, and I think it's it's very holistic when you look at it. It's not just about getting people that fit these different buckets, but are you getting them to a place they can be successful? For example, with some respondents we recruit with certain conditions, they can't be out in a public place, even pre-2020. And so offering a solution to get them online or our facilities being accessible, making sure anybody that we recruit there uh, not only can access our space, but has a really um, feels cared for throughout their experience being with us, whether that be um, their physical ability or their language they speak or, you know, all those other elements is really looking at the process holistically, even from the recruiting standpoint of who are we getting and, and are these people, is the best way to connect with them on the phone? Is the best way to connect with them via email? I mean, we field work does feel strongly about screening over the phone because it is part of our thorough screening process that produces an authentic and accurate respondent. But our teams really are experienced in the whole process. You're not working with someone at the first part and then someone different at the second part and someone different at the third part. It's a smooth process from start to finish. Well, you talked about accommodating people with special needs. And obviously, when you're doing testing for medical devices or um, or even doing research for life-threatening conditions or things like this, this is important. So um, I happen to know a little bit about your Boston facility, the SIM facility. So talk to me a little bit about that and how that has helped you serve you know, the medical community. And just for anybody too in my audience, just walk them through from the beginning. What what do you mean by a sim room? Yeah. So our our Boston facility, we opened up, I think people are often surprised to hear, we um, renovated three facilities between 2020 and 2021, which I think most people would be like, why are you, you're investing in the person <laughs> still? Yes, we are. It's so important. And we know it's so important to our clients. Uh, so our Sim Center came about after many conversations that happened uh, with clients that were coming through Boston, understanding what their needs would be when it came to medical device testing. So what does the room need to look like? What are priorities to you when you walk into that room? Um, so I guess I'll take you back to when you first walk into a facility. For those of you that haven't had the chance to walk into a fieldwork facility, uh, I think the experience when you walk in, you already feel like you're home. You have someone that's greeting you there, that's walking you through the process, that's making sure that you have all the tools to be successful, whether you're there as a client, whether you're the moderator, or whether you're a respondent. Um, when you walk into our Boston facility, you are greeted with a smile. Um, and then when you get to our Sim Center, it is... Uh, a more, it, it feels like you're walking almost into a hospital room, but the beauty of, of this space and all fieldwork facilities were designed with flexibility in mind. So we want to be adaptable to what the client needs. So when we listened to our clients, we heard time and time again how important security was. So the devices they were testing needed to be under lock and key, especially overnight or when they were often using our space for multiple days. So having uh, ample storage that is secure, that can be locked up. Um, I mentioned the flexible setup. 
but having the, it's the other little details that we heard from our clients that were really important. So having we have Pat the mannequin who sits in our closet and opening that closet late at night, not expecting to see a mannequin, I can tell you is very scary. It's like the beginning <laughs> of a horror film. But Okay, you heard that on Ponderings for the first, just so you know. <laughs> Maybe take it just a little bit slowly when you walk into Boston at night by yourself. <laughs> yes, I know. I feel bad for the people that are there, the uh, are, are cleaning support services when they're not <laughs> expecting it. Um, <laughs> um, and then having, you know... Um, sharps disposals. And so it's it's not only the space, but every little element within it that um, has been really important to our clients and something that stood out to them. Well, you mentioned that about really listening to your client. And, you know, this is one of the things I really love about field work and something I've noticed is how long of tenure field workers have. I mentioned that. Um, so when people take that ownership to really listen to a client and solve the problems that they have, I do think that that comes from a real sense of ownership and just a lot of experience. So what is it that's going on at field work that's so different? Because it is unusual in the market research world for that many people to be, you know, that much of lifers at, at an organization. So tell me about that internal culture and how, how that feels to be a field worker. Yeah, I love this is this is one of my favorite topics to talk about. I'm so proud of the people I work with and they just it just makes me smile thinking about them and and who they are and the support service they are to our clients. I think you know, we could have the the prettiest facilities, the highest of tech, the most beautiful marketing material that wins awards, which it does. But if you don't have the people to back it up to be with our clients that have built that trusted relationship, what do you really have? Um, as you mentioned, we have a really long tenure with our project managers, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, but I do think this group is a group that wants to show up for one another. They want to celebrate one another's wins. Our culture is something that is is based in trust. And so uh, we know that we're not going to get it perfect and right every single time, but being able to bring that to the group, bring that to the table to talk about, you know, how we could best execute this next time, where our learnings were for someone. I just am constantly impressed with our team and how they will um, stretch for clients, what they'll, you know, thinking outside the box, feeling dedicated to the outcome of a project. It's not just coming in nine to five and leaving. Our team really shows up for our clients and really shows up for one another. So I think what happens internally, how we treat each other internally is exactly how we treat our clients externally. Oh, I love that sense of integrity there. I want to ask you something um, that you mentioned earlier. And that was, you said when we were talking about you know, really believing and getting on the phone and really checking out who this person is, which of course then results in better engagement, better data uh, to make decisions for your clients. But you mentioned in that a little bit of a process that you have an actual process for that recruiting management. So tell me a little bit more about that. We have a four-step recruiting process think the success starts even before that though, setting the project up from the beginning of around feasibility. So having the conversation with our clients about, we were talking a little bit before about how are we, you know, who who are we recruiting? Who are we making sure is included? It's having that conversation from the get-go saying, you know, we really, based on our experience, this is what we believe this study will look like. This is how we believe we're going to be able to get it done successfully. Once you get to the point of recruiting, um, all of our respondents do go through the four-step recruiting process. Three of those steps are over the phone, and one of them is via email. 
I think about the example of how many times have you um, read through, and I say that with air quotes, the terms and conditions of something and you just check it. I don't know what I've signed away. I don't read through those often. I'm sure many people don't. And so we really feel over the phone, having that conversation helps the respondent feel part of the process. They can ask questions. They have someone there that's walking them through what the expectations are, which ultimately leads to a better experience for our clients. So when we're thinking about our operation, the client and the respondent is at the center to ensure that they both have a good experience. Um, So we screen our respondents over the phone. They're then validated over the phone. Uh, Then they receive a confirmation email with all the expectations of of what they're doing. Um, The the time commitment, the location, anything else they need to know to be successful in that process. And then they'll receive a confirmation phone call the day before. I love that. You think about how many businesses are needing this data to make really often multi-million dollar decisions. The preparation of that person and even the attitude of that person coming in that's going to be providing the qualitative feedback, I mean, that's that's just such a huge deal. I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but again, it is my podcast. So <laughs> I, I, there's one thing I will give you guys uh, at Fieldwork a compliment, and that is I love how much you give back to the industry. But I'm kind of curious, what is the biggest compliment you've received about field work? And, you know, is there anything like that that you you have to share that really, you know, kind of warmed your heart hearing? So it's funny you should ask. I was looking through my photos the other day in my phone, and I have the favorites saved. And there was a compliment from a client that I think really reflects who field work is. And it was something along the lines of better a broken record than a life without music. And this was a conversation. Um, This came after a lot of back and forth emails, a really difficult study. And I just think that um, it, it's representative of field work in the way that while um, you know there are a lot of, of moving parts to the studies we get to partner with our clients, and there are studies sometimes that we don't necessarily know exactly how it's going to turn out, but we're willing to give it a try. But being that constant line of communication to our clients, giving them support is so important to us. Wow. <laughs> okay, that is quite a phrase too. And I know sometimes we do feel badly, you know, when things aren't going well. It is hard. It takes bravery really even with our clients to reach out and say, "Hey, this isn't going well, I'm, but I want to be the first person to tell you." So, I, I think that's such a, a such an interesting way of really being appreciative that clients are willing to see how difficult certain projects are. And that to me that really smacks of partnership. Absolutely. And, you know, while Fieldwork is a a qualitative support service, we really do see ourselves as a customer service-based business. And so to be there, to show up for our clients, meeting them where they need to be met. And it's, I think these past two years have really proven what that looks like of, of going into an unknown and having someone who's willing to work with you through it is that we don't all have the answers, but being able to lean on one another's expertise makes us all better. And within Fieldwork too, we really believe high tides rise all ships. So if we can elevate one another, we're going to have the best experience and meet each individual's goals throughout that. That's so interesting and such a good point to end on because I see you all 
doing that to each other. And then we talked today about how much you're doing that for your clients, which obviously is something I can't see. But I, what I can see is that you guys do that in this industry, that you really believe if I keep putting in, whether it's in women in research or market research, you know, education foundation or an insights association or anything that you all participate in and really give your heart and soul to, you really do believe that we're better together. And and for that, you will always be welcome on this podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. And then right after this, we will give a list of our favorite podcasts yeah. for our show notes because <laughs> you know we're going to talk about that for the next half an hour after this podcast. I know. I feel like Pat the Mannequins <laughs> opened up the new, the whole horror podcast yes. realm that we got to dive into. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is the new market research. It's a, it's a serial show on Pat the Mannequin. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. Please visit uh, fieldwork.com and go follow Aaron O'Donnell and it's A-R-Y-N O'Donnell, O-D-O-N-N-E-L-L. So go find her on LinkedIn because, you know, you might want to get the next yoga class, first of all. (laughs) But also there's so many great things going on with women in research and other things in the industry that she is really starting amazing conversations around. So be sure to follow her there. And of course, you can go check them out at Fieldwork. But Aaron, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Priscilla. It's always so fun to connect and chat. From all of the little birds here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.